Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with life hacks they demand. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. It's time for spring. Spring it's is the sprung. The 1st of May, the 1st of May. Mm-hmm. Is this a poem you wrote? Uh, no. <laughs> Are there any Could dirty you? words in this poem? <laughs> yeah. Nope. <laughs> okay, you- good. Because you write a poem right now that starts the first of May, the first of May. <laughs> I remember one time when I was this uh, is a great poem so far. A I child. Like you're ignoring Matt's prompted. Time. Yeah, of That's course. Right <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. I almost I got in trouble once because well, it was what you're doing right now to me, but um, uh-huh. but the. But there were these plums you see in this icebox. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're like, gotta get those plums. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I gotta get these friggin' plums. And you're like, I'm gonna get in trouble for this for sure, but what if I write a really nice note? I don't give a damn all who was gonna eat these. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I, st- had only ever heard as a joke based on knowing the whole thing the beginning of the there once was a man from nantucket mm. and so i didn't know the rest of it and had mm. gotten prompted to like like i had i don't know said it based on for some reason uh and whatever adult was scolding me was like go on say the rest of it I'm like i genuinely don't know <laughs> <laughs> So they made you smoke a whole pack of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, they made me uh, tell a whole carton of dirty jokes. <laughs> I have to know, though, do you know the rest of that poem now? Yes, of course. Okay, good. <laughs> I was afraid that was just an unfinished uh, line in your mind. No, I, I never do. Googled it. No, I've never, I've never learned it. I don't know. I, I think I only know the first two lines. Like, I know up to the dirty part, but then I don't really know what the rest of it is. I know all of it. How could you not know all of it? It's elegant in... Alright, say it right now. <laughs> Should I? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> there once was a man from Nantucket whose dick was so long he could suck it. Oh my god! He said with a grin while wiping his chin, if my ear was a pussy, I'd fuck it. Oh. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's got the it, it correctly fits the limerick format, which a lot of dirty jokes they can't manage to fit their formats, so they they just fall flat. You know. Yes, I'm just trying to think about how uncomfortable it would be to put your dick in your own ear, even <laughs> if it was shaped like a pussy, it'd still be horrific. Listen, this is all like mm-hmm. comic strip rules. This is to on a Bible rules, Ew. right? <laughs> yeah, Mickey Mouse is there. Oh God, he got his whole dick out. <laughs> he loves <Yeah>. it. <laughs> <laughs> is that why people were so high on keeping the um disney copyrights in place for so long was because they were afraid of porno mickey mouse they say it's part of it i don't know if that's really true but they do say that i'm willing to bet that the initial like let's form uh a very expensive legal department exclusively to lobby congress to change this one law for us Probably started somewhere with Tijuana Bibles and, like, knockoff Mickey Mouse cartoons. I saw somebody had a license plate holder the other day that said, I want to make sure I get the quote exactly right. I'm pretty sure it was, Betty Boop, she's got everything. (laughs) Oh, that was was Alec Robbins' license plate. I don't know who Alec Robinson is. He wrote that fun quarantine comic strip, Mr. Boop, about him being married to Betty Boop. (laughs) 
Uh, no, but this was like one of the like a mass produced. It wasn't a homemade license plate frame. <laughs> oh, it wasn't made by Betty Boop's husband. I, I mean, it might have been, but it was a, it was marketed to the mass media. Mm. Oh, it was it was definitely made by Betty Boop's husband then, because he wants everyone to think that she's a babe. Mm-hmm. I don't get how she continued to be a sex symbol when she is so of her time. Roger Rabbit. You think so? Yeah, he's I think the, that was a big part of it. That's yeah. the only tune that Eddie's nice to. Also, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Think about it. I guess. Right? Betty Boop walks in in a weird animated segment of that movie, too. <laughs> I mean, the actress who does the voice of Betty Boop is in the movie. Yeah, I just I yeah, don't think I've ever is. seen that film. You've never seen Christmas Vacation? I think I saw the long swearing monologue, uh, and maybe I saw like a TV edit when I was a kid, but... This is insane to me. I feel like this is such a Jeff movie. I feel like Jeff would love this movie. I don't care for Chevy Chase. Well, no one cares. I I liked Vacation okay. I think Only Murders in the Building proved to us that Chevy Chase was always the weak link of the Three Amigos, and now he's been replaced by the much better Selena Gomez. Yeah, we talked about this when we were uh, talking about how Community was good when he left. (laughs) Yes, Um, I watched Only Murders in the Building this past week, as I talked about. Oh, is that uh, the thing that you did this week? No, no, it's not. But I do want to say, after watching all of it, I was like hey, we should watch The Three Amigos because mm-hmm. I want to watch that. I like these guys' comedy together or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we watched a trailer for it. There are so many trailers for The Three Amigos out there, none of which make it seem like it's a comedy. That's weird. <laughs> they are all, like, in the Wild West. A dangerous man is besieging a small town, and these three heroes need to find the courage in themselves. It's like... What? That's not the tone of this movie fucking at all. I was I just built the movie like this in the in 1986. <laughs> I was just thinking about when you mentioned that how the trailer for The Blues Brothers also does not indicate that it's a comedy and I'm yeah. like is that just how trailers were but now I'm seeing Three Amigos was also directed by famous murderer John Landis. So maybe yeah, he I cuts wonder, trailers that way. Yeah, I wonder if John Landis had like a fucking wild sense of humor where he's like wouldn't it be funny if I made all of my comedy movies look like they were action movies? Exactly. Maybe wouldn't it be really funny if I chopped up some little kids with a helicopter? <sighs> Mm-hmm. Here's I hate the thing, him. though. I hate him. Yes, of course. <laughs> Everyone does. Here's the thing, though. Chase. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe the fact that these were um, comedians well-established, these were famous comedians already by the time both of these movies were made, the idea of playing the trailer totally straight, but then you see John Belushi or, like, Chevy Chase, that that was you getting in on the joke. Like, oh, it's definitely going to be a comedy. It's funny that they're pretending it's not. Uh, the but 90s ruined that by yeah, having comedians do serious movies. Yes, it did, but it wasn't ruined before then, yeah. is what I think. It's just wild to try to get somebody to be interested in watching... Three Amigos being like, oh yeah, it's this really over-the-top, goofy comedy. It's a little racist, but it's very funny. And then you play a trailer for them, and it's like people's bodies being exploded and meat (laughs) raining down around them. It's like, well, I guess I'm not going to get you to watch this now. And you think, well, there's definitely not going to be a magical realism singing tree in this movie, right? (laughs) Voiced by Randy Newman. (laughs) Uh, Was it a tree? There was a singing object of some kind. It was a cactus, I think. Okay. Uh... 
I think that it's very fun that because he wrote the movie's songs, Randy Newman just fully gets a writing credit on this next to Steve Martin and Lorne Michaels. (laughs) That's good. The songs in that movie are surprisingly pretty good. Here's the thing about Randy Newman that he doesn't want you to know, is he's pretty good at writing songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really doesn't want you to know. Oh, God, this he... local man discovered the secret <laughs> about Randy Newman that the, the dental establishment doesn't want you to know about. Yeah, local Randy Newmans hate him. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think that he has positioned his career as someone who makes abrasive songs that suck, except when he gets hired to write them for a movie, then they're uh, pretty good. Yeah. I don't know, because everyone's always like, oh yeah, the Toy Story, he wrote the great music for Toy Story. Hey, that music sucks. It's yeah, bad. I don't it's like bad you music. me, really. No, it's a bad song. Strange Things Are Happening to Me is pretty good, though. I don't remember which one that is. It's the one where, where, where Buzz discovers he's a toy because he can't fly, and in slow motion it's happened. Oh, it's still Toy Story? Yeah. No, Strange <laughs> Things I don't think I liked any of the music in mm. Toy Story. I, I like when they played the boys are back in town before the trailer before it came out and there was that big controversy because they wouldn't use Randy Newman's music. Mm. Well, that movie is one of our uh, classic American films about the boys being back in town, though. So that's true. I don't honestly. There I don't are know so who, many. Who are the boys are so that are many, back in town? <laughs> there are so many movies about boys being back in town, and mm-hmm. we never really learn about what ta- where they went to. You know what I mean? That's Here's, what. What my movie's supposed to Tell us some of the movies that are about the boys being back in town. First of all, I want to say about the song, here's my supposition. This is what I've always had in my mind since I was a child, and I don't know why, is that it's a mining town, and they've gone away to a mining camp for a while, and now they're on their, like, you know, annual three-month break or whatever from mining. Mm, And everyone's really excited to see soot-faced miners come well, back to town. excited to see them come back to town with all their money, of course. Oh, I see. Oh, this is during the gold rush? Yeah, maybe. Possibly. <laughs> uh, the prospectors are back in town. Uh, does it mention a jukebox? Because that might break my theory a little bit. But I really did think they were, you know, miners going somewhere. Uh, I have some really awful, terrible news about the movie Three Amigos, which is several cast lists before the movie started shooting that are way better. Oh, no! Uh, it was always going to have Steve Martin. Yeah. Yes, of course, it had to. Initially, it was going to be Steve Martin, Dan Aykroyd, and John Belushi. Not good. No, uh, At one point, Steven Spielberg wanted to direct with Steve Martin, Bill Murray, and Robin Williams. Also bad. bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Rick Moranis was going to be there instead of Martin okay. Short at one point. Now we're talking. Yeah, that, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and Chevy Chase replaced Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Uh, that's fine. I feel like that's a, that's a swap one yeah. in, one out. Oh my god. Bad person thing. John Candy was going to, uh, play a role, but he was too big to ride a horse. Oh, that's sad. That, that is, is sad. sad. Oh, but he rode a horse in Delirious! Mm. Uh, really makes you think. They just found a bigger horse. <laughs> We're, We're gonna need a bigger horse! horse. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Axis! That's a movie about boys being back in town! Absolutely. The, yeah. the... The boys are sharks. The shark. Yeah, I was gonna say the shark is the boys. Yeah. Well, Jaws for the Revenge is about the shark being the boys back in town. Yeah. I would say that. Uh, uh, who's the crusty old fisherman? What is his name? Wilt. Morton. I don't Go know. Morton's 
like fish sticks. That 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 guy. He's the boy who's back in town in the first Jaws. Is Morton's fisherman the same as Morton's salt? Is Gorton's Gorton's Gorton's. Ah, shit. That's right. Yeah. Unrelated, apparently. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. Gor- oh. Gorton's is a subsidiary of a Japanese seafood company. Well, now it is, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I guess it was probably bought, because it is headquartered in Gloucester, uh, Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, do you think Field of Dreams is a movie about boys being back in town? Yes, the boys 100%. Are mm-hmm. okay, okay. It's about trying to reconnect with your dad while he and the boys are back in town. Yeah, but also you and your friend James Earl Jones are also back in town as boys. Yeah. Wait, is James Earl Jones not a ghost in that movie? I ha't seen it. No, he's the he's another person who has a baseball dad, I think. How many goddamn baseball movies is James Earl Jones in? <laughs> All of them? He's also the 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 neighbor who they think is scary in the sandlot, but then he's not scary. Oh, that's true. And mm-hmm. he plays the Rosie O'Donnell role in The League of Their Own. <laughs> yep. He originated it on Broadway, so they had to <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, the, the the best part about that joke for me was the fact that I don't remember the character's name, but I had to say the name of the actor who actually played her in the movie. I mean, he also originated the lead role in Fences about a failed baseball player. Mm. Oh man! Like swing for the fences. Yeah, he's a he's a baseball movie guy and uh, Darth Vader. Is he... Darth Vader's kind of a baseball dad, if you think about it. Is James Earl Jones the least athletic baseball movie guy? Like, he would never be a player, you wouldn't really believe that. Oh, he no. He's young, I don't think. I think for sure he had kind of like that, uh, that like, Babe Ruth barrel chest look to him. I think that James Earl Jones was definitely a player back in the day. With that voice, are you kidding no. me? Come on. How tall I'd is James him. Earl Jones? I'm just saying I'd kiss him. <laughs> You guys well, don't need to keep bugging James me. James Earl Jones' feet. <laughs> I mean, height. <laughs> oh, he's 6'2". That's pretty good. Look him up on oh WikiFeet, Jeff. Look him up on WikiFeet. I'm not doing that. <clears throat> yeah, I want to say, once when I was in Manhattan, uh, walking past theaters around show closing times, a big black limousine pulled up to a side door to a theater, and I got to see James Earl Jones walk out, and he just walked the four feet from the door right to his limo, but he waved to everyone. It was nice. Oh, speaking he, of the... He is very tall. The thing you just reminded me of my experience seeing an actor go from their Broadway show to a car. Uh-huh. Uh, I saw Martin Short once outside of a... Uh-huh. I wasn't seeing the play that Martin Short was in, but he was doing his one-man show next door. Nice. He is as short as his name implies. <laughs> I believe it. Makes a lot of sense. He's the same height as Selena Gomez, I just learned, watching Only Murders in the Building. <laughs> she's like, she's five apples tall. Yeah. <laughs> she's always wearing heeled boots, though, to be fair. There is a very funny joke where they need to knock down a door, and it's just the two of them, and she says, combined, our weight is less than 100 pounds. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, whoops, he's 5'7", he's taller than me. Martin Short? Yeah. Oh. Selena Gomez is my height, though. You know, I probably conflated her with Ariana Grande, who is literally like five foot nothing. Yeah, yeah I think she's less than five feet tall, isn't she? I don't know. It's the makes her name ironic, etc. Et well, while you're on WikiFeet, look her up. I'm sure she has an entry also. <laughs> I'm gonna look up John Candy height. John Candy WikiFeet. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah can, uh, six two. Can we yeah. get? Are there people on WikiFeet? 
who died oh. before the internet made foot fetishes uh, very oh, popular. I totally guarantee yeah. you 100% that Jesus is on Wiki. <laughs> I was going to say Marilyn Monroe had those photo shoots where she was like in a bathtub and you could see oh, her yeah, feet. Oh, yeah, good so call. Definitely. Yeah. I thought you were going to yes. say Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Oh, Christ. I bet he's got weird feet, but they're, like, perfectly weird. Like, exactly the right kind of weird that he wanted them to be. Jesus or John Candy? Uh, both. Okay. And Marilyn Manson. Yeah, oh, that's who I was. That's the father, about. son, and holy ghost of wiki feet. <laughs> I'm waiting for the second coming of John Candy. <laughs> uh, I guess that uh, happened Louisa... when it was Chris Farley. Oh, bummer. And we lost him, too. Yeah. yeah. Louisa, what did you do this week? This week? Hmm, what shall yeah, I Yeah, this week. About? This, this week. week here? This <laughs> week? This one? Well... Oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. <laughs> <laughs> what shall I talk about? This week I saw a movie that I wouldn't normally watch, but it was part of a watch party. <clears throat> so I watched it with people online. And this movie, tying right back into what we were talking about, was Bull Durham. Oh, nice. baseball. A baseball movie. I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Susan Sarandon and Kevin Costner? Yes, and Tim Robbins. Would you say that there are any boys who come back into town during this film? Good question. Yes, I would, in that the movie starts and Kevin Costner is the new catcher for this minor league team, so he does come into town. Is he back in town? No, he's not! Oh, you're right! Oh, so it's a stranger who's come into town, which is different than a boy's being back in town. How about this? He comes back into town at the end, for the big ending of the movie. Could I sell you on the idea that the town that baseballs belong in is a catcher's glove? And so, these baseball boys are going to come back into town. Yes, you can sell me that idea. That's a great idea. (laughs) Thank you. I wouldn't. I, I disagree. I want I want a classic boys back in town story of a real blues brothers. Well, we didn't say every movie is about the boys being back in town. But I want to find which ones are. Yeah. You only want to talk about movies about boys being back in town. Yeah. Well, like I said, Kevin Costner comes back into town after leaving at the end of the movie. So, it mm-hmm. does count. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, so it ends with the boys coming back Oh, that's yes. right. He decides to quit to go and be with his husband, uh, Bill Pullman, and then he comes back for the final game and loses to his sister, Lori Petty. That's right. I don't get it. That movie? I don't remember who wins and loses at the end of a League of Their Own. <laughs> yeah, Lori Petty wins, and uh, Gina Davis goes back home to have kids. Well, I'm pretty sure at the end of League of Their Own, the main characters lose, but it's like uplifting anyway, and they're That's what Matt's at the, at the edge of the ring wins. going, Adrian! Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. Burgess Meredith is there. Yeah. Do you guys often confuse Sylvester Stallone and Steven Seagal, or is that just me? I do not. I don't think. I would say that uh, Steven Seagal is Sylvester Stallone through the mirror darkly. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Obviously Sylvester Stallone... Wait, Steven Seagal is the the not good... The, the yes. poor man's version of Sylvester Abs- Stallone. Like, if but... Stallone made, like, one or two worse choices in 1987, he would have ended yes. up like Seagal. Or if Steven Seagal had written Rocky, he would have ended up like Sylvester Stallone. That's true. <laughs> 
But every time I try to remember Sylvester Stallone's name, I'm always like, Steven... Uh, uh, yeah. It stalls me out every time. That's it. You just have to remember that he's got a brother named Frank Stallone, That's and then it'll thing. come to I mind. do that the other day. I'm like, what is his name for what Rocky? What is Frank Stallone's No, I'm like, name? it's Frank Stallone and... And then I had to get to Sylvester that way. Actually, it's Frank Stallone's monster. <laughs> oh my god, his... <laughs> <laughs> I did it! <laughs> God, Rocky would have been great if it was a one movie, but then they were like, no, we yeah. have to make another one where he, it's the same thing, but he wins. See, Rocky I think been great. No, me, my turn. <laughs> Go, Matt. Yes, Matt. From the Rocky Times. Would have been great if he had been a boxer who died and then had his body stitched together from corpses and reanimated by lightning. Yeah. Fine. I agree. Yes. Greenlit. It's a cro- it's a cross between that Hugh Jackman boxing robot movie and Rocky. Yes. Is oh that my real God, steel. Yes. What I want to say is, I think the difference between uh, Sylvester Stallone and Steven Seagal is Sylvester Stallone was so overflowing with talent. That he started to do crazy and terrible things with it, yeah, and Steven Seagal will shoot. Steven Seagal never had any talent, mm. but somehow had a career. He that had a lot of he, he had a lot of go getiveness though, a lot of hooks. He had a ponytail. <sighs> That's true. He did have a ponytail. He did come back into town quite often, <laughs> if I remember. Oh, you know what? Uh, First Blood is a movie about a, a, the boys coming back in town. Oh, <laughs> the yeah, boys definitely. being Rambo. And the town being Vietnam? <laughs> uh, no, he comes back from Vietnam and is trouble. Here's the thing Does about... He go back to Vietnam that's, afterwards? That is, like, the sequels, which are all action movies. Oh, that's yeah. right! The that's first right. one is just a sad movie about a traumatized guy. He has a shirt on the whole time. I same think one Rocky. person dies. Yeah, mm. same as Rocky. He has a shirt on the whole time and one person dies. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, is that so? Hmm. Does Burgess Meredith p- play the Bullwinkle role in that movie? <laughs> That's a very <laughs> loose It's weird. He's actually fearless leader, <laughs> <laughs> and you don't get to meet the uh, Badniks until <laughs> Rocky Four. Is that the yep. one where they go to Russia? Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan plays the Badnik. <laughs> That's it. That's Rocky Seven. Okay. I had a ooh, I had a weird um uh Shazam the movie starring Sinbad moment the other day where I fully, fully remember that when Rocky has his uh training montage early in the morning, runs up the art museum steps and everything, that he was wearing grey sweatpants with blue uh like basketball shorts over them. Mm-hmm. And he's not. No, <coughs> he's he wears not like a... any pants at all. His dick is just swinging <laughs> in the wind. Yeah, but it's, it's so long that. he can suck it. So <laughs> we did a little poem about him, and here we go. He he did two, three, four. <laughs> I think he'd be quite insulted if you said he was from Nantucket. Frankly, yeah, <laughs> that's true. He'd be like, "I'm obviously from Little Italy, USA." Mm. <laughs> anyway, can anyone remember where he wore sweatpants with shorts over them? Because that is so clear in my mind. If it doesn't exist, I'm so losing it. Isn't that when he's chasing the truck in the snow? I looked up clips of him in the one where he trains in the snow and cuts down trees and stuff, and he's not there either, so... Uh. Maybe There's one where he's running along behind a truck that Burgess Meredith is driving. Maybe. I feel like that's when he's wearing the, the sweatpants with shorts over Okay, him. I might have to watch this movie again just to prove myself right. Maybe go watch Cliffhanger. He's got a lot of 
various various length uh, active wear in this film. Maybe at one point he has shorts no. over sweatpants. Could you write no. a fan fiction of Rocky where he wears sweatpants with shorts over them? Just to prove myself right? <laughs> to heal the hole in the universe? Yeah, probably. Yes. <laughs> it's really... It's really weird that Sylvester Stallone had the career he had, right? Yeah, but he yeah. was so talented. But the thing that made him famous was being an Academy Award-nominated screenwriter and actor, and then he just was like, no, I'm gonna just do the other production movies from now on. Yeah. yeah. Well, talk to uh, fucking Matt Damon. <laughs> what? <laughs> but he what? still does prestige film. Does he? Yeah, he was just in a Wrigley Scott movie, like, last year. Yeah. It's a very depressing movie, I saw it. What the movie the Last it? Duel. Yeah. Oh yes, I. I Everybody had those medieval mullets. Like, this is a movie I don't need to pay attention to because it looks terrible. Yeah, it's, it's pretty depressing. Ridley Scott is so busy. He had two movies came out come out like the same month last year. Didn't he die? Has he not died? No, his brother Tony Scott died, who directed kind of like crummy but oh. decent action movies. Okay. <sighs> anyway, I think Kevin Costner is a man with no uh, charisma whatsoever, and yet yep. somehow he had a movie career. He's very handsome. Mm. He is, but he has no spark to him. Like, Correct. you hear him talk to a woman, and you're like, why would anyone be interested? But what I think he does appeal to is straight men. Dads. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Dads. Yes. 100%. Who don't want to have to put any emotional stuff out there to get pe- women to love them. And yeah. he's mm-hmm. always able to do, th- to do that in his movies, isn't he? So I can't believe he played a fish mutant in Waterworld. <laughs> That's such a great thing about his career. Yeah, he did a lot of, like, very grounded, like... Uh, sort of dramas. And then, you know, also he was friggin' Robin Hood, Pa Kent, and a fish mutant. Yeah, man, Robin Hood is really just a black hole of charisma. Like, yeah. all of the likable characters are very minor. Well, uh, Alan Rickman chews the scenes beautifully. Yeah, Alan Rickman is great in it. Morgan Freeman is good in it. Mike McShane as Friar Tuck is surprisingly good in it. Mm-hmm. And, like, all of the main characters are so wooden and terrible. Yeah, even uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth... Mary Elizabeth, Elizabeth Mastrantonio. <laughs> yes, even she is not very charismatic, is she, in my opinion. Wait, who does she play? Is she... Maid Marian. I, for some reason, I was thinking it was Andy McDowell. They look very similar, <laughs> They do right? look very similar, yeah. Okay, yes. What is Michael McShane up to? I thought he died. He's mm-hmm. probably dead. No, he's still alive. He's 66. Oh. Okay. Did you know he's American? I would have sworn he yeah. was British because he was on the British. Whose line is it? But he had yeah, American or like Canadian, him. maybe. <laughs> yeah, I would have. I would have thought maybe Canadian. Yeah. Oh, he was he the was revolting slob on Crashbox. Oh, is that new? Uh, no, Crashbox was a a god HBO children's program that was sort of like an interactive game show, and everything was stop motion. Well, is anything newer than Office Space, which is the last time I remember seeing uh, it? He was in a movie in 2020. Oh, good for him. What movie? Uh, Barbarians. Oh, yes, mm. of course. Everyone knows that one. Uh, Netflix <laughs> original some film. Barbarians are back in town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about uh, the barbarians coming back to Germany. They're back in, they're back in village. Yep. Look who just got back today, those Vis- Visigoths who've been away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Oh, man. Uh, anyway, so Bull Durham is great if you want to see Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins be very charismatic, and you don't mind that Kevin Costner will also be there, and apparently <laughs> the movie thinks he's a star, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, but Matt, what did you do this week? So I've been watching... <clears throat> I watched a lot of shows this past week. Uh, I, to- I talked a little bit about, at, on Louise's recommendation, watching Only Murders in the Building. Right. Um, I also want to mention to any of my fans of this th- this content out here, which I think are only two people who contact me every time I talk about it, I do know that there's a new Magic card set out. Yay. I do want to talk about it, but I won't until next week because I haven't played very much of it. But it's 1920s gangster themed. Nice. It's very fun. <laughs> Uh, and I'm enjoying it. But what I want to talk about is I've been watching a show that I discovered on HBO Max uh, that is, I think it's a BBC show that they are that hasn't been available in America until now mm-hmm. uh, called Starstruck. Have you guys heard of this show? Oh, it's mm-hmm. on my watch list, but I haven't started watching it. Is this it. the Lady Gaga song, Starstruck? <laughs> no, it is not. Oh, okay. It's a TV uh, show. It- Yes, it is uh, Rose Matafeo, who you may know from Taskmaster, uh, wrote, directed, and stars in this show, Um, and it is amazingly good. Mm. I was genuinely shocked at how much I enjoyed it. It is, uh, like, in the vein of classic romantic comedies. Um, It does all of the normal romantic comedy stuff, but because it's written... By a woman from a woman's point of view, it feels a lot less yucky. <laughs> now, uh, the premise is kind of like Notting Hill, right? It is very... It starts very Notting Hill, okay. yes. But it kind of goes through... Like, it's surprisingly grounded. It's a it's very normal person, like, in, romantic misadventures kind of deal. Uh-huh. Um, but what's so interesting about it is that... Uh, it doesn't fall into the traps of, like, making one person be the bad guy. It doesn't fall into the trap of, like... Like, it, you you see all of the normal mistakes that people make in romantic comedies, misunderstandings, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it does a good job of having Rose Matafeo's character be a likable mess in a way that normally the man is in a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in all of those romantic comedies, for me at least, I'm always like, why is anyone interested in dating Tom Hanks Yeah, <laughs> in this? He is a mess. Um, and, and they really explore that in a way that I genuinely enjoy with, with her character. So I kind of started watching it just being like, oh, I'll give this a shot. We watched the whole series in two days. <laughs> it's very, very good. Oh, all right, I'll have to bump it up on my watch list. Hmm. Yeah, if you like romantic comedies of any stripe, you will like it. Uh, it explicitly references several times old school classic rom coms like Philadelphia Story and His Girl Friday. Like it is intentionally written as like a modern day love letter to those kinds of movies. Hmm. Very nice. That's fun. Also, there's lots of scenes of Rose Matafeo making an absolute fool of herself, and she does such a good job at that. It's hilarious. Nice. She has a very good stand-up special, just all about her mentally falling apart, which is very yes. good. <laughs> yes, I, I think she is great, and uh, she's probably one of my top three Taskmaster contestants ever. Mm-hmm. 
just for her writing lyrics to the Taskmaster theme song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was very good. <laughs> oh, God, I went through so much of that show so quickly that I barely remember any of it. Oh, I'm so jealous of you, because you could watch it again now, you see. Mm, no, I still want to, I still have to, I think I still have to watch seasons 9, 10, 11, 12, and now 13. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched every episode of every series multiple times to the point where now I can be like, no, don't you remember that in season 6, Russell Howard brought in the sticker book of f- football stickers, even though previously um josh had brought into the sticker book in season one and he got roasted because the taskmaster hates soccer very good this is literally a conversation i had with jen yesterday that's fun (laughs) oh man i I do think it's wild that people go on taskmaster without taking the time to learn anything about greg davies even though that's such a big part of the show oh i hate you can tell you can tell a celebrity was just set up by their publicist to be like you should do this because they're so bad at it they don't get anything about how to play the game yes can we talk for one moment about um the fact that Ardalo Hanlon is so terrible on this show and it's very upsetting. <laughs> I find him charming. He's not good, but he's game to play the game, unlike some he, other people. He been. commits the cardinal sin of Taskmaster, though, which is arguing against other people's yes. performances in the studio, and that makes me hate him. Yeah, I don't like as that As soon bit. as someone starts doing that, I'm like, you're supposed to be a united front against the Taskmaster. That's how this works. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> Um, I, my favorite character, my character, my favorite person every, uh, season is whoever is the sort of doddering old lady that doesn't really know what's going on, but is game for whatever. <clears throat> on the Taskmaster podcast, they talked, Ed, Ed Gamble, who hosts it, talked about how he thinks that maybe the perfect, like, scientifically engineered to be the perfect Taskmaster contestant was Lisa Tarbuck. Yes. Yeah. Because she's she didn't insane get and doesn't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> yeah. She never got, like, uh, upset when the game is meant to make you, like, you have five seconds and an alarm's going off and she's just yeah. doing whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get back to the house in exactly 20 minutes and she, like, stops to pet a dog. <laughs> <sighs> That's what you want to be. I wouldn't be that. I would be freaking out and whining about how they. I thought the rule said this. I could have sworn it said this. Like yeah. I would be so embarrassing on that scene. I would later. too. Yes, I definitely would. And I'm so jealous of somebody who has the attitude of like, oh, is that not what you wanted? Well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I would be absolutely amazing at this show. I'm certain I'm certain of it because I'm uh, very good at improvising under pressure and uh, when the consequences for doing something daring and stupid are very low I'm willing to and yet at the beginning of this episode when I asked you to improvise a poem about (laughs) in May in May or whatever first of May first of May you refused Mm, there was a camera crew Jeff would have done it though That's true. If if it was, you would win a contest by doing it and make a six foot eight man happy and proud of you, <laughs> or yes. or mad at you. <laughs> yes. Either either one counts as winning on Taskmaster. Yes, that's true. Oh, uh, what a great show. Yep. Uh, Jeff, what did you do this week? Thank you, thank you for freeing me from my prison. I think neither of us knew which one. Just... 
turn it was to ask you. That. Go on. <laughs> yeah. uh, I uh, I went to my parents yesterday and went through a bunch of comic books that I have in my collection to. Oh, like in the Aha music video take on me. Yeah, I was absorbed. Girls in a cafe. I was absorbed into an artist's sketchbook and ran from uh-huh. the cartoon police. I think it was a biker gang. Was it a biker gang? But like a European biker gang where they all have helmets and like yeah, leather helmets. Oh, the helmets, the jackets, and the clubs made me think that they were like, I don't know, some kind of German cop. They don't have think... clubs though. They have lead pipes, like in the game Clue. Oh, I think the idea is that this woman is in a, ca- a cafe drawing a comic book about Nazis. Yeah, is that what's happening? <laughs> Uh, anyway, I uh, went through a bunch of my comic books and because my parents were having a big yard sale. And boy, uh, boy, are my arms tired because of lifting all the comic books because I have yes, so goddamn many of Literally, them. Literally, what else could you have made? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's just, it's so... Uh, it's so... Liberating. Yeah, but also like it, it sends me back in time. <laughs> To be like, oh yeah, here's this Deadpool comic I bought in 2008. Remember 2008? before Remember when I used to be such an edgelord, you said to yourself? <laughs> no, it's just, like, before most people knew who Deadpool was. Mm. Like... I, I remember, Jeff, you and I going to see the movie Iron Man and talking about how much we both loved Iron Man, even though no one else knew what he anything about him. Exactly, that was also was 2008. <laughs> It it's just like the yeah the idea that in 2008 the most popular superheroes were what like Batman Superman Spider Man that's it mm-hmm. now yep. now like any of now it's Batman and Spider Man now it's Batman and Spider Man <laughs> and Superman everyone hates no yeah. yes because he's made nothing but terrible movies I think like the most profitable ones right now are Iron Man and uh, uh, Deadpool. The most profitable superheroes now, today? Yeah, like Deadpool, and Deadpool was the highest grossing R-rated movie ever when it came out, and then I think it was beaten by Logan, which was then beaten by Deadpool 2. Hmm. So, like, it, those, those movies do extremely well in that they are competing basically only with Wolverine, as far as, like, R-rated superhero movies. They keep hmm. on trying to figure out a way to make more... But they that's how they're going to revive the Superman franchise. R-rated Superman. They already think, did R-rated Superman. Yeah, they've had... I think they... Honestly, <clears throat> I think they need to go back to the Christopher Reeve Superman. Yeah. The first one, not the terrible sequels. But the fact that that movie is pretty Two much is a romantic good. comedy with a little bit of adventure in there, that's what they need for Superman. I saw somebody saying that the best way the DC Comics universe could get a movie franchise going is to start from scratch and have somebody like a, a an Arrow or um, Aquaman, like a, a less popular character, be the first one, like Iron Man was, mm-hmm. and build to Superman being the last reveal, the last movie before like the big crossover franchise film. Mm. And I think that makes sense. You can't you can't start from Superman because as soon as you do, the whole universe changes. You know. I guess. I don't think any of them can or will have a plan they can put in place and follow through enough to make that happen. Yeah, Marvel had the advantage of being sort of piecemeal in how their comics, like, worked anyway. Yeah, if you say who is the one Marvel uh, superhero who's the best one, if you said that before any of the movies... 
Spider-Man, okay. Spider-Man. And they, didn't, they didn't include him only because they didn't have the rights. Sony has the rights. Yeah. So, uh, what I mean is they were constricted from doing the wrong thing, which is exactly what they would have done if they were able to do it. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's certainly true. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think that it's like, it's a case of all of DC's superheroes are pretty iconic. Like Wonder yeah. Woman, Wonder Woman is like right up there with all of the other Justice League people, like your Green Lantern or Flash, uh, and then like the next tier up is Batman and Superman. Yeah, um, and I still think Aquaman is a good entryway because he kind of sucks. <laughs> I think that he would be like the next tier down, where people know who he is, but nobody really has much affection for him. Yeah, that's uh, the perfect way to start exactly. to take franchise. I'm saying it's hard, though, because uh, like it's hard to replicate Marvel's success because all of their superheroes were D-list that they still yeah. had the rights to. That's what I'm mm. saying. Yeah, that's why it was important, because you're never like, oh, no, when when are they finally going to add Doctor Strange? Because nobody gives a shit about Doctor Strange. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah. it was, no, like, we they were like, we can't do X-Men or Spider-Man, and so <laughs> everyone was like, all right, I guess I'll see this and see what happens, and it worked. <laughs> huh. Anyway, I found uh, some comics where I was like, this is really cool, I didn't remember I had this, uh, and I'll be glad to keep it. Others where I was like, this is cool, I didn't remember I had this, uh, please sell it for $5 at the yard sale. Oh, first appearance of Batman, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did find one that is going, I like had the whole set of them set aside, because I had like, yeah. it was one of the last ones that I had read, uh, and it was the, I think maybe 2012 uh, Brian Bendis miniseries about Moon Knight. Um, yeah. 12 issues, and I was like, uh, before I put this out for the yard sale, let me just double check eBay. He's got a Disney Plus series. This twelve issue run is going for like a hundred dollars on eBay. Nice, That's pretty good. So, yeah. Have you watched the most recent episode of Moon Knight yet, Jeff? Yes, I've been. Oh my god, enjoying all of Moon Knight. I it's think it's wild. Oh, it's so good. Ugh. It's like. What, it might be the my favorite Marvel thing that's come out in like five years. Yeah, it is giving us the uh, the sort of like fun fantasy stuff happening, uh, yeah. but at the center of it is a really compelling and challenging weird character performance. Yeah. Oh my god! Like Oscar Isaac is a great actor, and as I was watching the first part of this series, I was like, well, he's probably not going to get a lot to do in this, but fuck, man. In this last episode, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. The fact that I it, I never feel like... Oh, it's weird that there's, like, multiple Oscar Isaacs in this show, huh? <laughs> yes. But, like, I never feel that way, because I'm like, no, 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 those are two different guys. Yeah, they're so <laughs> drastically different guys, and when they're, like, extremely angry at each other, they're both angry in different ways. How did he do that? <laughs> it's it's like if Venom was good. Yes, it is! That's right! <laughs> You're exactly right. It's like somebody took the energy of Tom Hardy's Venom performance, but then wrote a script around it. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, delightful. It's also really interesting because... This is one of the first performances in a while uh, from a Marvel Studios production that feels like a genuine standout, like, high-quality acting performance. I'm really surprised that they didn't do it as a movie. Like, I know that watching the series, it works so well as a series, but I feel like if I had been the director of this and was looking at the dailies, I'd go to someone and be like, Hi. 
we have to make this into a movie. It's too good for this. Yeah. <laughs> it's too good for direct to streaming. I'm wondering if uh, they were unsure of the property and so they wanted to test it to test the waters first. Because, yeah. like, they. They hired Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac to play the two lead characters. Like, that's, that's movie-level casting. It's not like the other Marvel shows have all been about, like, well, here's the sidekick's sidekick. Uh, they made a fucking Hawkeye streaming series, and that is on the same <laughs> level as this Moon Knight? What is happening? Yeah, it's it's strange. Uh, but I, I think that they must be wanting to make a movie out of Moon Knight at some point. They must be building to it, right? It's somebody put so much work into making this script good and make sense. They have to be building to something. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Well, one of the other, one of the other comics I found was a bunch of the comics from around the time when uh, when Thor became a lady for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, so those will probably start selling for pretty high numbers uh, as more yeah. trailers for that movie comes out. Uh, but yeah. the reason that reminded me is because. The villain in Thor 11 Thunder will be Gore the God Butcher. So I'm interested oh, yes. to see. I'm willing to bet that the end of the like post credit scene in Moon Knight will be like Christian Someone Bale killing, killing a, an Egyptian god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, did have they announced who's going to be playing Lady Thor in the new Thor? Oh, yeah. It's Natalie Portman. Is it? Because it didn't look like her in that trailer. Yeah, no, that's... It's her character from the other movies is the one who uh, becomes Lady Thor in the comics, and they introduced her at, like, Comic-Con carrying Mjolnir on stage and stuff. Her, like, epic return to the franchise. I know all of these things, but is it absolutely confirmed that she's the one playing Lady Thor in this movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've seen pictures of her on set, and she's, like, jacked now. Okay. Because, like... Her hair and makeup and everything as Thor looked so different from Natalie Portman that I was like, is this a new actress? Is there going to be a plotline <laughs> where, like, some other woman becomes Thor and Natalie Portman has to take it from her or something? Yeah, no, I think they just gave her a bunch of human growth hormone and had her get totally ripped. <laughs> but her hair is different. Uh, yeah, her, her hair got torn up like crazy. <laughs> yeah, the makeup and hair can't change. <laughs> Uh, no, I... I'm just saying, why wouldn't they make her look like Natalie Portman if that's what the whole point of it is? I think you're just already supposed to know. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to try to pull the Winter Soldier with us, where, like, if you read the comics, you know who it is, but if you are watching the movie, we're going to pretend that this isn't Sebastian Stan for the first hour. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. Uh, so maybe it'll be like, eh, you know, you're not supposed to know it's Jane right away, but you could, you know, you could tell. They do set up in the trailer the idea that Thor and uh, the new Thor woman are going to fight each other, and I'm like, why? Why would they do that? <laughs> maybe Thor gets drunk and is pissed that someone has his hammer. Mm, yeah, maybe, but he's not going to punch Natalie Portman. <laughs> he's an axe guy now, too, right? Yeah, yeah, he's God. He's a big axe guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, I one thing I. Now, is he going to come back into town at any point in this movie? Oh, Ooh. guaranteed. They're going to go make a new Asgard. The town you will better, come back and the boys will bring it. Make a YouTube video and get a million views if you just took the parts of the trailer where you see the new Asgard and played the boys. Back <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I like Thor's weird uh, space vest costume. They're dressing him like the 90s ponytail Thor. Yeah. Uh, which is very fun. I like it, because 
they've they have several times nodded to the terrible costume design in Thor, like <laughs> yeah. with his weird spheres on his chest and stuff like that. Yeah, and it feels like they're doing like a retrospective of bad co- costume design in comics with him. It felt like in Ragnarok, someone had finally figured out a way to make all of the weird like sixties and seventies uh, Thor comic book costumes like look kind of fun on in a movie. Yeah. They did a good job with that in the Loki TV show, too, where he meets oh, yeah. infinite Lokis, and they make fun of all the other costumes mm-hmm. they've ever had. Crisis on infinite Lokis. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess that is pretty much what that is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to be interested to go see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness this upcoming Thursday evening. Uh, I was uh, talking to Jen about how every year... Like, for my birthday, I usually go and see whatever the new Marvel movie is that came out at the beginning of May. (laughs) And I was like, I do still like going to a movie. I want to go to a movie and drink a beer, but I'm not going to enjoy watching uh, fucking Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. I know I'm not going to like it. The first Doctor Strange was pretty boring, but I think this one seems like it will be more fun. Oh, Jeff, you're like an abused girlfriend. He's going to change this time, I swear. I was going to say, that should be the Marvel fan uh, motto. (laughs) Listen, Mm. last time wasn't great, but I think they figured it out this time. The worst, (laughs) well, the worst that these movies get is, like, a solid C-, minus. like, this is an average Uh, version of this thing. I about The Eternals. I liked that movie. Uh, I thought that was above average. The Eternals was a solid F minus <laughs> minus. Yeah, no, I, uh, I would, I, I think the Eternals would have been better as a Disney Plus series, but I, I liked Absolutely it. Absolutely, yes. Uh, but I, I still liked it because I prefer when they're like, yeah, there's these weirdos and they're just kind of hanging out. <laughs> That's my favorite thing in a in a Marvel superhero thing, and they don't get to Honestly, do it enough. If that had been what happened in the Eternals, I would be way more on board with it. The like weird epic fights that kept happening that didn't make any sense in Eternals really took away from what could have otherwise been just a bunch of weirdos. A big guy comes out of the ocean. It's fun. Mm-hmm. What if you just did a whole movie about superheroes, but it was just a like a romantic comedy between Kit Harrington and that Cersei or whatever. I was just gonna say Kit Harrington was far and away the best part of this movie yeah. and he's in it for ten minutes tops. I know! <laughs> I would have watched a whole movie just about those two being teachers at a private school and having a secret affair. That's all I wanted to watch. I, like, one of the things I pulled from when I was getting my comics was the series of Black Knight that I have because I figure once they finally announce that Kit Harrington is returning as Black Knight I will I will be able to sell those but, like, yeah, that's. I just want that. I liked yeah. Eternals fine, but the whole time I was just like, "But what's what is Kit Harrington getting up to? Finding out he's has descended he met, from King Arthur? Has he met Mahershwa Ali yet?" <laughs> Jeez, Matt. What did I do? A bad <laughs> Mahershwa? Mahershwa? Yeah, I thought there was a W in there. No, there's no W in there. Okay, Mahershwa. Mahershwa. <laughs> God damn it. I don't know. Blade. I'm not getting involved. Has he met know. Blade yet? Yeah, you could have just said Blade. It's one syllable. Yeah, uh, well, yeah I tried my best here, guys. I want Blade to be his sort of like uh like the the veteran and the rookie. 
getting in, getting into like hunting vampires. He's like, I'm gonna teach you how to hunt the vampires. And Kit Harrington's like, Duh, do I swing my sword at them? <laughs> do you think that they made the terrible movie Morbius as a way to like? Oh, it that that was Sony, wasn't it? No, I think Sony made it bad on purpose so that people would <laughs> yeah. hate vampires. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> do you think they did that so that they could have a scene at the very beginning of the the Marvel Knights movie just having uh, Blade cut off Jared Leto's head and be like, "Well, that's dealt with." <laughs> uh, no, they're they're trying to they're trying to sabotage Disney by making people be like, "I don't want a movie about a half vampire guy." <laughs> What if uh, Blade's sidekick was only a quarter vampire? Mm-hmm. It would raise what the stakes Blade... because it raised the stakes. Stakes! It would raise the stakes yeah. because, <laughs> because <laughs> then he would have to be very protective of him because this uh, idiot who's only a quarter vampire, he's definitely going to get killed. I do like the idea that Blade Blade's whole thing is that he's like a vampire with all the powers of a vampire, but none of the weaknesses of a vampire. Yeah. What if his quarter vampire sidekick had all of the weaknesses of a vampire, but none of the powers <laughs> of a vampire? Then he goes to the doctor and discovers he's just like anemic or something. <laughs> Yeah, he's got lupus. <laughs> he can't walk in the sunlight. He can't eat garlic. Oh, man. Uh, I was trying to figure out how to thread the needle on making a joke about how you can't be a quarter vampire in Transylvania because they have like not a drop laws that are racist against vampires. But mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out how to do it because of Blade being Marvel's like only black character. Yeah. Also, let's not make that joke anyway. Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. I but. <laughs> You know, the idea of Transylvania being racist against vampires is pretty fun to me. What if Blade's sidekick was an actual blade, like a sword? Ooh, like a singing sword? sword? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ooh, like the sword that Kit Harrington touches in the post credit scene. Oh man, is that sword going to have a voice? Is that sword going to have a voice? (laughs) There's going to be a lot of comedy potential. Is he going to be back in town at some point? (laughs) There's going to be a lot of comedy potential if uh, you're trying to use the sword, you the hero, and the sword wants to sing. Right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and only you can hear the sword singing and everyone thinks maybe you're crazy. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my rag But then it gets really when you shove the sword into some vampire's guts. Uh, and so you bury the sword in the concrete pillar of a building that's being built and some future guy has the same adventure at the very end. It's a fun little yep. tag. The, the thing is, a blade isn't even very good for fighting vampires with. Well, okay, they're, you, you can... They're notoriously not weak to blades. You can... Well, they're weak to silver, so if your blade is silvered. Uh, but and it's a bad sword. Silver does not hold an edge yeah, at all. Yeah, that's no good. You coat, you coat the sword in silver. You anoint it. Silver works. It would wear off instantly. That's fine. You can reapply it after every vampire fight. Also, isn't that werewolves? Are vampires also weak to silver? I think so. Depends on the lore. Sometimes yes, and sometimes no. Ooh, what if you had a sword made of running water? Ah, now we're talking. What if a hose, Jeff? (laughs) (laughs) What if you had a hose that sprayed grains of rice so they would have to keep stopping to count them? (laughs) Listen, you call this daywalking vampire hose instead of blade, and I'm on board again. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I I want... One, I either want Kit Harrington's sword to be Dracula in sword form, uh, and that's how they justify it. Or uh, it's Mordred has haunted his sword and is trying to work against him as he tries to slay uh, evil. Are, is this us build? Oh, wait, no, that's a DC property. I was going to say, are we building to... Um... 
What's that demon, Etragon? Oh, no, no, no. It's just Black Knight is descended from King Arthur. Put yes. put Mordred in there. Captain Britain. Morgan Le Fay. Yeah. Oh, man, Captain Britain's got to show up soon, right? Yeah. Now that they have the X-Men back, they can put Psylocke in there and everything. That's true. Hope... I would love to see a, a movie where Captain Britain just punches Tony Stark right in the face. <laughs> I know Tony Stark is dead. It's a comic book, goddammit. <laughs> I am... Um, I am hopeful that if they ever do portray uh, Brian Braddock and his sister Betsy, Betty, that they never do that weird racist storyline where she gets her brain transplanted into a ninja. Oh, Oh, yes. That was like the the way that Psylocke was portrayed in comics for all of my childhood. I think they only undid that like less than ten years ago. What a terrible thing that they did. I think they separated the characters out so that, like, Psylocke is now her own lady and uh, Captain Britain's sister is her own other different lady who isn't Psylocke. Um, can we all agree that the char- the actor who should play Captain Britain is Julian... Uh, what is his name? Julian Casablancas. <laughs> Assange. <laughs> Uh, Julian Rind Tut. Wow, what a bad name. Do you know who I'm talking <laughs> no! about? No! Is that a real person's name? Because I don't know. It is. He was in uh, a bunch of stuff. He's oh. like emo. He, yeah, look him up. He looks like a cross between Adam Scott and Ron Weasley. Yes! That's true. I was going to oh, say Adam Scott and Ed guy. Sheeran, but Ed Sheeran yeah. is just uh, Ron Weasley, but trailer trash. I love this guy because he <laughs> That's classic is... stuff to me. Living in trailers, fine. Sorry. <laughs> yep. I love this guy because he is on, of course, a million BBC shows that only got one year that I, of course, have watched. Yeah. How do you know him? Uh, I mean, he was in Stardust, which I've seen, and okay. he was also on The Witcher, which I've seen. No, but okay. also, I watched a Poirot that he was on last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where he played a fucking druid who sacrificed children <laughs> to an ancient god. <laughs> Oh, so good! Oh, what a fucking weird... God damn it, what a weird plotline for Poirot! (laughs) Now, was magic real in this plotline? I mean, can you ever really tell? I did... There was one scene in this episode. The episode is called Halloween Party, and it's a Halloween episode. I would hope. There There is a scene where... The character who is just an Agatha Christie self-insert, who is like a... Ariadne Oliver. Yes. Yeah. What a, another bad name. <laughs> um, is like, she's sleeping and she wakes up and the murderer is in the room with her. And she's so afraid and she turns over and it's like a pumpkin-headed man-tree monster that is attacking her. And then she wakes up and it was a nightmare. But mm-hmm. I was, I turned to Jen and I was like... This will be the greatest episode of Poirot ever if it turns out that that pumpkin-headed tree monster did do these murders. <laughs> Just like Poirot being like, listen, I know that we don't talk about it much, but in our world, magic is real and monsters do exist. Have well, they? Agatha Christie loved flirting with that idea. All of her short mm. stories involve magic that is real. Yeah. I, uh, I like that being, like, the last bridge to cross in a serious, uh... Or not even a series, a, like, it's not ever supernatural stuff, like, mystery series. Uh, like, Scooby-Doo did it 20 years ago, and then kind of now all Scooby-Doo has to address that sometimes magic is real. Uh, that but sucks. The idea of, like, yeah, here's our, our last little... Sh- this is this Sherlock Holmes story takes place at the end of his adventures, and he meets Dracula. Love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
See, I don't like that. That feels like a jump the shark thing to me. Like, you couldn't think up any more real world ideas, so now you're gonna have to have him fight vampires. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes has absolutely <laughs> jumped the shark. It's from 200 years ago. <laughs> I know, but I don't like it. <laughs> I'm just saying that if they made a movie where Sherlock Holmes and Poirot fought against, uh, I don't know, the Loch Ness Monster, I would watch it. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, my God, it's so good because their whole thing is solving murders, and, like, if the Loch Ness Monster did a a partler murder, you would know it instantly. (laughs) It'd be so wet. There's a lot of seaweed in this room for some reason. It's a (laughs) locked room mystery. Oh, my God! (laughs) We did it. Okay, so what do we do on this show? Wow. Uh, absolutely destroyed people's minds with the greatest jokes ever created. Yes, exactly. Yeah, much like uh, Cthulhu did. That was his thing. <laughs> yeah. Is that what that new Magic the Gathering set is about? You said 1920s noir. <laughs> is it going to be Cthulhu? Yeah. Uh, there's no Cthulhus in it, as far Yet. as I can tell. Is yeah, it well, going to be a real boardwalk empire, is my question. It is a real boardwalk okay. empire. Ooh, you know what the boardwalk is there? The ocean. You know who lives in the ocean? <laughs> Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, no, it's pretty good. It's, uh... It's You'll talk just, about it next week. Yeah, it's true. We'll talk about it more next week. Anyway, um, we put a random... We go to the WikiHow suggested articles page, and we put a random word into their suggested articles list so that we can see a list of questions that people have asked related to that word and give people advice on how to do those things. So, WikiHow, today we entered the random word... Curriculum. Uh, oh, this is something I know how to do for my job. Yeah, what and is if a anybody, If does. anybody tells you otherwise, <laughs> uh, a curriculum is a plan for a Webster's series. Webster's Dictionary defines curriculum uh, as mm-hmm. uh, it's what you teach in a class. Okay. Like overall, the goal of like the the materials being taught over oh, the course right. of like the whole class. Oh, like you might go to a class to learn science or art or curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> no, like you would take like you would take pottery one hundred and one, and that would have a curriculum uh, in which you would learn the skills required to accomplish oh, see, some so goal. Go- you go into the curriculum to learn. Like you're like, oh, the bell's rung. I got to go into curriculum so no, that I can learn. That's about the cafetorium. Oh, <laughs> do you guys have a cafetorium? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank goodness that I didn't just say something deranged that both of you were too afraid to confront me about. Uh, I do like the idea of cafetorium being another Marvel comic book superhero. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's who. Uh, oh man, I was trying to think of a famous actor that hasn't been in one of those yet, and I couldn't. I was going to say yeah. Anthony Hopkins is playing him in the next one, but he already was one. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <sighs> anyway, um, what has Ian McKellen been in them yet? No, they probably are going to have him be Magneto at some point again. Yeah, I was right? going to say he is Magneto oh, that's already. Right. Obviously, he's Magneto. Yes, <sighs> Derek Jacobi. Which one's Derek? Oh, he was the well, one. He was Cad File. He was brother Cad he, File, but he's oh, also yeah. he was also I Claudius when he was much younger. He was he that was Doctor fake Who, Doctor Who. Yes, yeah. exact. That's always. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, he's gonna cross over with the Marvel Universe eventually. <laughs> we all know. Whenever I think Derek Jacobi, the only thing I remember him about, about him is being in one episode of Doctor Who fifteen years ago. <laughs> that's pretty rough for I... a uh, <laughs> knighted. I think. Uh, yeah, he is Sir Derek. Sir Derek Tackaby, we both did it. That's his evil twin. Yeah. 
Uh, Sir Derek oh, Jacobi, eighty-three year old, extremely prolific and famous actor, and all I know is that one time he played the master on Doctor <laughs> Who for half an hour. I love the idea that at the end of this new Doctor Strange movie, the timelines are all fucked up, and then you hear a weird rumbling noise, and like a porta potty appears, and then you know, uh, Doctor Who steps out and flips off the camera and says, "All this whole series is over." <laughs> They already had a doctor like that, and it was uh, Capaldi, right? Yeah, he uh, uh, he traveled around in a toilet. Yeah, and he flipped people off and said, "This whole series is over." I'm just saying this would be a great way for them to shut, like, to recognize that the expectations of the Marvel universe have gotten too high, and they should just fucking stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm wondering, like, the second thing they did after their first, like, wildly successful string of movies is multiverse. That feels like it is dangerously uh audacious they need Mm -hmm. to completely reset and have someone who makes their own costume and then protects just their own neighborhood like they always Mm -hmm. should have done with spider-man but then they get too big they did a whole trilogy to get spider-man just make kick-ass just the movie kick-ass yeah Mm -hmm. oh i also found my uh first print run of the comic kick-ass that i think will also will sell pretty well nice Mm -hmm. (sighs) as soon as the nicholas cage uh fandom comes back around well just because it was a movie yeah you know that's a, movies, that's at least two yeah there's two of those movies that's it's it's enough of a thing that uh you know people are think it has value yep so anyway yeah <laughs> curriculums um i hate have one curriculum planning oh, okay Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you have to come with up with one or is one told to you? I don't know how teaching works. Um, my, uh, okay, I am a special education teacher, so all mm-hmm. I ever do is co-teach a class and uh, make the curriculum accessible to students with disabilities by uh, building in supports that uh, make the content uh, more accessible to them. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're so you're ad- adapting a existing curriculum yes but the content like subject area teachers at my school have a lot of flexibility with curriculum they can develop their own they can use a pre-existing curriculum they can modify a pre-existing one and it's you can figure out more ways to teach the children how to be gay exactly um we can either go by the book everyone has to be gay uh (laughs) or we're allowed to like use our own materials Mm-hmm. Um, no, uh, it's, it's like the, it must be a nightmare in places where they're like common core is liberal propaganda or whatever, <laughs> yes. because all it is, is a list of skills that students should have by the end of a grade, mm-hmm. uh, in a subject. And having that list means that it doesn't matter what your curriculum looks like. If the kids can do those things, you've done the right thing you've done the right curriculum um so i do think it's very funny when people complain about common core math because people have been complaining about new ways to do math for so long there's like an old tom lehrer song from like the 60s uh, that he did with like a ragtime piano like can you believe they're teaching kids to multiply in school these days and you're like (laughs) You're. How is this still happening? <laughs> yeah, I think anytime any kid knows how to do, like do multiplication that's different from how their parents learn, their parents yeah. freak out. 
Yeah. It's, it's fucking wild that you would be like, oh man, my kid is having an easier time learning math than just fucking memorizing multiplication tables like I did. Well, fuck this. This is, this has to be, the the problem here has to be the math and not me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild, because uh, I feel like anytime I've encountered someone who's, like, uttered the phrase common core math as something they didn't like... Uh, absolutely had never bothered to find out what that phrase means, because there's not, like, you don't have to teach it a certain specific way. The common core standards are just the things that a kid should be able to do. And in order to get the most kids to be able to do that thing, you teach it a bunch of different ways, because it is impossible to tell how someone will do math correct, like, in a way that makes sense to them, until you land on the thing that works for them. The one where you, like, add to get to 10 and then like take away or whatever and like move it to the nearest roundable number and stuff like that. When I first heard about common core and why everyone was freaking out, I read about it and I was like, Oh, this is the way I've always done math. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're trying to do that in my head accidentally. Mm -hmm. They're explicitly teaching the way people do math in their head. If they're decent at math. Yeah. Uh, Instead of just, you know, letting most people end up not being able to do any math at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why we have calculators, am I right? High five. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why God invented calculators. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, curriculum is fine. <laughs> okay. how, do you use, how do you use TiVo with homeschool curriculum? Uh, mm. I guess put on VeggieTales, probably. That seems like... Yeah. I'm oh, assuming, if you're a certain kind of homeschool. I'm assuming you're a hardcore Christian homeschool. That's the only one that really happens, right? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I imagine it's... So you probably want to set it up to record Barney and Friends and Power Rangers so that the kid can watch them after school is over instead of during school. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you're saying the TiVo is not a part of the curriculum as much as it is defending the existence of the curriculum against mass media. Exactly. It enables you it enables the student to focus on the curriculum while uh joke joke joke. Alternately, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> alternately you could use the TiVo to record all of the Ken Burns Civil War documentary and then punish your kids. <laughs> Yeah. Do you want another hour of Ken Burns? We'll do it. Oh, we'll do no, it right now. No, no. You know, I'm sorry. honestly, I think that it would be. I think it would be a. a God, I don't. I don't know how to say it without sounding like an old person. I think it would be good for kids to do something boring, like watch a six-hour documentary about the Civil War. Yes, I agree, but I am okay with doing boring things. You, Jeff, specifically. Sometimes go nuts if you have to do a boring thing for a while. Uh, right. Do you think it would have helped you as a kid? Uh, I had to do boring things as a kid, and it, I think that it made yeah. me, uh, have a better tolerance for it, and I, uh, I think that when I am forced to do boring things now, it's usually good for me. Your parents okay. were killed in front of you by boring things when you were coming out of seeing The Mask of Zorro, and it yep. changed you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I became Boring Man. you're the boy who's back in town. <laughs> I found <laughs> your own teaching. <laughs> you founded The Boring Company. Yeah, exactly. And your name is Elon Musk. Uh... So Batman Begins is a movie about it, the boys Thank being you. back in town, right? What's that? What's that? Uh, Batman Begins is a movie about the boys being back in town. Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Yes, cool. The boys are Falcone. <laughs> <laughs> the boys is Bruce Wade. 
The boys is drugs filled stuffed animals. Yeah, and he has to find out where the other ones were going because of, he's tracked down all of the boys but one. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> anyway, um, curriculum. While we're, t- while we're saying things that make us sound like old people, can I complain a little bit about the current Jeopardy champion, please? Ooh, okay, yes. Okay, I don't know anything about them. Oh my god, okay. She is, uh, like, 22 years old or something. Disgusting. Yes, no, it's unacceptable. Um, but she has a mullet and a septum, septum piercing and a nose piercing and zodiac sign earrings and wears like boxy 80s blazers. Oh, <laughs> She's like, you know how everyone hates uh, Kamala Harris's daughter because she's, like, a model who tries to make herself intentionally ugly all the time? Oh, yeah, she always looks like Weird Al circa 1982. <laughs> yes. Um, this this uh, Jeopardy! champion is the same level of hipster as oh, that, man. and I, it's so infuriating. No. I know we're supposed to let people do whatever they want and be like, oh, that's great, I'm so glad you're happy, but when people try really hard like that, I'm like, yeah, I don't want yeah. to give you the attention you clearly really want i like we were saying like there's no way you think you look good like this what you're doing is you're make you're dressing to make other people angry and it's working (laughs) but stop it i am completely fine with the uh trying too hard energy of a 22 year old uh lesbian nerd uh, I am not okay with the trying hard energy of anyone with aspirations to perform on the stage. Mm, <laughs> no, I, I just th- I think the theater kid energy is is uh, different. Uh, it's got a it's got a, a different energy to it in a way that I I hate it. Uh, such that I will forgive other kinds of trying too hard young person <laughs> nonsense. Do you think uh, this is because is your I... own personal closeness <clears throat> to this type of energy? <laughs> Yes. Oh, yes. I hate it specifically because I wanted to uh, do theater stuff, and I did not enjoy being a cringy weirdo who loved musicals. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The thing is, though, I feel like a lot of cringy young person behavior is like, oh, I want you to like me. I'm doing things so that you'll like me. And that I feel like I get, and I'm like, oh, this is sad, but, like, we've all been there. But the new vibe of, like, I want you to not like me. Matt, that's not <laughs> like, new. Yeah, I don't I think mean, it's I new. Guess it's, it's, not ca- new. it's just called punk. I know, but it used to be cool, and now it's, like, the <laughs> dorkiest shit on the oh, planet. Oh, Matt. I think I know what the difference here is, Matt. Yeah. About it. yeah. The, dif- the difference is... <laughs> between how you felt about the 90s uh, idea of wearing jean shorts with thermal long underwear under them. I mean, that was never cool for anyone. <laughs> yeah, that that's what made it cool. Punk. That wasn't punk. Grunge was think. pretty punk. That was grunge. Yeah, that was grunge. Yeah, it's the music was not aesthetically uh, like fast paced and and flippant, but I think the grunge attitude just, was still counterculture enough to be considered just punk. Struck, struck me as lazy though, not like actively trying to make people think you look like a dipshit. <laughs> well, it was about dressing as if you were you lived somewhere colder than you actually did for here <laughs> here anyway, <clears throat> which meant in summer you were still wearing like a flannel shirt. No, they were they're all from Seattle. It's fifty five degrees every day there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But here people would wear thermal underwear under shorts and uh, long flannel shirts, which was a stupid idea in the Delaware Valley in like June. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, all 
counterculture designed to make squares upset is something that I will never be upset about, lest I uh, reveal myself to be a square. I'm, I've <laughs> always been a square, and I've never backed away from it, and I'm doing it again now. I will say, I don't even think, like, the kind of punk that is just like, doesn't this upset you, old man, has always looked stupid to me. Like, mohawks are dumb. Unless you're Mr. T, your mohawk is stupid and you should stop. What about extremely tight tartan pants like they would wear, the punks would wear in the early 80s? See, I just think that, like, I think tartan can look good, but I don't think that it looks punk. Yeah, I think that if you want to have the punk haircut, you need to be from the Mohawk Nation, and if you want to have the tartan pants, you need to be from Scotland. (laughs) So you're a big fan of the Bay City Rollers. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> all right, fair enough. The audience will get it. Yeah, Saturday Night is all right for fighting. Was that them? That's Elton John. <laughs> that was, that oh, was almost them. You're almost oh, they did right. Saturday Night, the one that's just sat yeah. S-A-T-U-R. Yeah, got it. Yep. You Were you about to finish spelling Saturday? <laughs> that's what the song does. You'll never oh, know, Jeff. I see. You'll never know. I've never heard this song. Today. S-A-T-U-R-N apostrophe S-R-I-N-G-S. I thought you were like, uh, oh, it's not Saturday Night is Alright for Fighting. It's just Saturday Night, which I yeah. will spell for you now. S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y space yeah, N-I. I, was, I, I was saying it to Louisa so that she can enter it as my password when she tried to log into my Netflix account. S-S-S as in socks. S at sign T U backwards three uh, R as in rank. Mm-hmm. Get it? Because people say no, it has to be F all Scottish things. S is in Scotland. A is in Aberdeen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're T- gonna run out of things you know oh, about yeah, Scotland. T right as in tartan. <laughs> yeah, T as in tartan. U as in the uh, uh, uplands. <laughs> Uplands? Is that what they call it? Not in Scotland, no. Yeah, don't you remember the the, oh, shit. Uh, the Uplander that movie about the guy his heads off? The only nun. <laughs> there can they be only one. That's not it. It didn't work. I'm sorry, Scotland. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sorry. As always, that's our that's our one per episode apology to Scotland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry that you didn't gain your independence because uh, of whatever. Vote better next time. <laughs> yeah. I have told the story before, but it's very good. The one time that I was ever in Scotland, Matt was there also. It was a family reunion. I was there. Where was I? At. <laughs> Uh, should we tell Jeff now? <laughs> Jeff, you've been adopted. Oh, no, I was adopted by you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, we were drinking tea very early in the morning, looking out across the valley, and we were in a rural area, <clears throat> not really near anything, this house. And I forget if it was me or Matt, but one of us said, wow, this is like the most Scottish thing you could imagine, seeing this mist in the valley. And at that fucking moment, Bagpipe music started somewhere. <laughs> yes. Love it. We don't know where. It was probably the village across the uh, valley, but a yep. perfect comedy moment. Mm. I bet that there's a Scottish word for valley that sounds really pleasant, right? Mm-hmm. It's called bagpipes. <laughs> the veil? Mm, I forget what a veil is. 
The trouble is there are many excellent there are many excellent old and middle English words for geographical features that we don't really use, like fen, and then I forget what they mean. Glade? I don't know. Yeah, a a glen is a Scottish valley. There we go. Into your wall and it makes your room smell nice. That's right. Glade. Yeah. Plug it in, plug it in. Yep. See, Glade would be a better name for a vampire hunter because you could put garlic in there and it would kill them. <laughs> yeah, garlic blade is what it's short for. Blades? <laughs> uh, I'm just saying blades famously don't hurt vampires. No, blades famously do hurt vampires. I saw all three of the movies Blade. No, Blade famously hurt vampires. Oh, I see. Blades. <laughs> Not. Hey, what if what if his name was Glaive, and then he had his sword was at the end of a long pole, so he could stab them from a safe distance? Have you, you guys ever think about how in the fucking movie Krull they call that thing a glaive, uh, even yeah. though it's clearly a boomerang? What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, I hate that. They call it okay, sorry, Cruller, even though it's a donut. <laughs> mm, that's a good point. I've never seen yeah. Krull. I assume it's about some manner of donut. The, gla- the glaive in Krull looks more like a cruller than it looks like a glaive. <laughs> That's true! <laughs> uh, oh, is it this this star knife? Yes. yes. Okay, cool. Fun. Why didn't they just call it a Krull? Jeff, you should watch the movie Krull. <laughs> you might it's like it, so yeah. good. Yeah, I think I have to go back and watch some movies I missed from the 80s. I was... Oh, it's such a stupid, terrible, almost good movie. Oh, it's great. My, um... My... April. I was in charge of the April playlist for a Discord that I'm in where we do playlists of the month things, and the theme was uh, real music by fictional uh, characters. And so Thursday's album, the penultimate album, was the soundtrack to Eddie and the Cruisers, a movie I've never seen. But now, after having listened to the soundtrack, I really want to see. It seems like it might be bad. Did anyone put Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters on there? <laughs> oh no, I you like that song. I designed the whole playlist, and I did not do oh. that. Uh, oh, Jeff. Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's the it's the fictional fictional band that the wonders in that thing you do have to pretend to be in a movie. Oh, I did it's two levels deep. I did put that thing that you song, do on they, there. They used to actually play that song in um, Red Lobsters. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's a good song. It's a it's pretty like good a song. Fun surf bop. Uh, Wait, I, what was this list, Jeff? I was looking up Glaives, unfortunately. Oh. This is a list of imaginary songs. Oh, it was a playlist I made for April uh, in another Discord I do, where each weekday we listen to an album around a theme. But there were. Well, why was. Wait, why was that thing you do on there? Uh, because I had a week songs where it was. By fictional bands. Yeah. Okay. I had See, a, that's what I was gonna say. I have a playlist like that, and I fucking love it. Oh no, I had a I had a week of uh, where the song that like would indicate now is the break between albums before we move on to the next thing would be like, well, this fictional band only had like a song, so. Oh, okay. But boy, there's a lot of albums by fictional characters. <laughs> there are there are I think four League of Legends bands in different genres oh, no. that are like made up of characters in the franchise. Do you think that all those people who made Harry Potter themed bands regret it now that J.K. Rowling is a shithead? Yeah, I Probably, wonder. Right? 
I feel like there's a pretty good, pretty even split between people who renounce everything to do with Harry Potter because of that, and people who've decided they're just going to keep it and just not talk about her anymore when they have it. Like, they've decided it's theirs and not hers. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah. I think either of those approaches is fine. I mean, I think that Harry Potter is not very good, but, like, if it makes you happy, I guess that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we were, we were talking earlier about, uh, movies we love directed by murderers, so. Yeah, that's true. I think that. <laughs> that's very true. In general, um, if a person is still alive and making money, you should not do things that give them money if they are bad, uh, but I don't think that it makes you evil if you are, like, enjoying the thing that they already made that does not, uh, is not sinister. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want me to pirate Harry Potter content for you and join my Plex, let me know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if anybody wants me to download Chinatown and Rosemary's Baby so that they can watch them guilt-free. <laughs> I do love that there are certain people from whom I don't have to feel guilty about pirating content. Uh-huh. That makes me feel good. I have become very Joker-fied about it, where I'm just like, eh, I'll just pirate whatever. Yep. If there's something that I want to not have to go to effort to get, uh, and like there's enough on the the streaming service that I would otherwise be interested in, like Disney Plus and Paramount Plus, yeah, I'll keep that around until I get tired of it. But I canceled Netflix in like September or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? I already watched this maybe once every other month. I'm just gonna cancel it. And then steal, if I want to watch any Netflix shows, I'll just steal them. Yeah. I kind of have the attitude of, like, I will, if something isn't available to me instantly for free in one of the things that I subscribe to, I'll just download it. And then if I like it enough, I'll go buy it, like, because I want to support them making more of the thing I like. Mm. Um, But... I don't want to pay for something if I can't see if I'm going to like it or not, you know? See, people are so dumb, people, I mean, companies, that pirating became a huge thing, and they're like, well, we hate this, we'll make it super easy for people to buy the stuff so they won't pirate anymore, and that fucking worked! And then they were like, well, we need more and more money, we need to divide things up more and more and make them harder to get, so now people are going back to pirating. Oh, you fucked it up, you had this golden goose, you cut it open. Yep. Yeah, True. yeah, it's really, uh, it's really bizarre because I feel like piracy is now in a new golden age, specifically yeah. because it's become so cost prohibitive to like have access to the good TV shows. Exactly, the fact that there's one good TV show on each of eleven mm-hmm. different streaming sites, and you have to have subscriptions to all of them to watch all the good TV, like just fucking pirate it. It's so much easier. Yeah. <clears throat> Or share your passwords with each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the other thing I do. Um, but yeah, it's just like the things I don't pirate are the things where it would be bothersome, like <clears throat> video games for the PlayStation Four. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, oh bother! You say you're Winnie the Pooh. Yep. <laughs> video games for Christopher Robin's PlayStation Four. <laughs> <laughs> That's what. He loves this weeaboo anime shit, <laughs> you say, while downloading Danganronpa. <laughs> I love the idea that they don't make Winnie the Pooh anymore because Christopher Robin is too good at Fortnite. Mm, what? Like, that. <laughs> like, he's not going out and playing with Pooh and Piglet and all them, so they're not, al- they're not alive anymore. 
Mm-hmm. They've died because he got very good at Fortnite and stopped playing. But with them. in a future Winnie the Pooh movie, you see the boys. Yes, right, yes. Be here we go back in town. Woo! Yeah. yeah. I think that that's Finally. what that's what that Ewan McGregor Christopher Robin movie was about. Yeah, that is what that was about. Yeah. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh being the boys that were back in town. Yeah, and the movie like the Hook I- was also that. Ooh. I do like the idea of they go back to the Hundred Acre Wood and uh, Winnie the Pooh and everyone is there except Piglet is just conspicuously absent, and you find out that they had to eat him to survive. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that they would just, like, later reference his tragic off-screen death because they couldn't get Piglet to star in this movie. (laughs) They didn't want to recast him. Yeah, Piglet's gotten too big to be in this now. (laughs) They do a CGI at the end of the movie where Piglet gets in his car and drives off into the sunset, and then in every subsequent movie, they're just like, I sure hope Piglet's having a good time. (laughs) I love the idea of a movie that has live action and cell animation overlaid on one another, a la Roger Rabbit or whatever, Mary Poppins, and then you also have one character that's CGI. (laughs) They're They're doing that. That's what the new Chip and Dale is. Wait, yeah. one's one's hand animated, one's CGI. Well, yeah. they're they're both. Uh, That's the joke. They're like in real life, both of them are CGI, but one of them is CGI in such a way that it looks two D, like those uh, like those anime fighting games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they make a joke about I guess Chip having gotten the CGI surgery to look more modern. Matt, we've talked about this movie because it's the Lonely Island guys, and I think it might be awesome. Yeah, I think it might yeah, be this good. Sounds good. I <laughs> yeah. want to see this for real. Chip, I'm not joking. It is. It is about Chip and Dale uh, having been the actors who started Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, uh, doing a reboot of Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers now after having not spoken to each other for thirty oh, years. Sounds great. And I, can I say my favorite TV show when I was a kid up until I was like ten was Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Uh, I can love that show. I'm excited for it because I heard that Roger. Rabbit will be in it, and it has a lot of Roger Rabbit energy to how stuff is working, and it seems like they're going to solve a mystery in Toontown. Yep. Yep. Or rewrite history. Mm. Yes. If they go over to Duckburg. Yeah. Oh, God. If they don't go to Duckburg... (laughs) (laughs) You motherfuckers, don't go to Duckburg. (laughs) Jeff's already writing his angry letters to the studio. (laughs) I, I need to see the fully CGI Beagle Boys... Eat and devour Chip and or Dale. If, if magic is a spell, does it murder someone in the first five minutes of your motherfucking movie? Then how am I gonna jack off? <laughs> uh. Uh, but yeah, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers coming wait, to Disney wait, Plus looks must pretty good. More, wait, <laughs> have to know more obscure uh, DuckTales characters. If, if, uh, uh, gyro gear loose yes thank you if gyro gear loose doesn't perform graphic surgery <laughs> on rope uh, gizmo duck by the end of this movie here's the oh thing, my though. god that would be a great spin-off now though that, yes now that this became a popular reboot show there are no more obscure characters for a duck bird because we know them all o- all over again did anyone watch that i watched the first yes. season maybe season and a half pretty good yeah. was it good huh. yeah like genuinely <laughs> The thing is, it's a, it's a good kids show, but as you're watching it, you're like, yeah, this is a kids show, and it's kind of boring for me, an adult. Yeah, it, it, it definitely, uh, I don't think, reaches the all-ages heights of something yeah. like Adventure Time, where, like, the comedy style is so unique in Adventure Time that, like, I would be missing something as an adult if I didn't watch it. I feel like 
Adventure Time kind of crossed the line into being only for adults towards the end. It felt it felt that way, but I don't think anything in it was inappropriate for children, which means that it is no, all ages. it was ages. unenjoyable for children because <laughs> it was barely, like, understandable to me, an adult. I don't think that any, uh, there should be no distinction between what is for children and what is for people of all ages. Uh, just, like, if it doesn't have squares or nudity, then it can be for children. <laughs> But here's the thing, when I watch, like, Steven Universe, I would be like, I'm enjoying this, but I understand that this would be most enjoyable to a child. Yeah. Whereas when I watch Adventure Time, I'm like, I barely like this. (laughs) And it's barely within my grasp to enjoy this, and there's no way a child could, like stay entertained by this for any amount of time. Yeah. The like it's it's just so uh out there and artistically audacious that it ends up being abrasive sometimes yeah yeah and like it's just it's trying to do something so complicated and like convoluted that a kid could never follow what's happening yeah Yeah, it definitely had an extremely complicated uh continuity to it yes uh and the thing with like the lich king that's too scary for kids isn't it the lich king was too scary for kids and the continuity was fine when it was like background throwaway jokes but then once that became the only reason the show existed like why would a kid want to watch six episodes about the backstory of the downfall of humanity as told from the point of view of uh what is the vampire queen marceline marceline's uh like evolution like I like those episodes. I think they're very interesting, and they reveal a lot about the the history of this world. That's not for kids at all. Kids wouldn't give a shit about this. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the thing that's there for kids is, you know, yelling and having a good time. I guess so. <laughs> Bacon uh, pancakes. Everyone still talks yep. about that. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's not even the best joke from from the uh, Finn. No, Jake the dog. It's not even the best Jake the dog line. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I um don't remember what we were talking about. How how did we get here? Ducktales. Uh, no, no, <laughs> forget that. <laughs> Definitely not that. Oh, Chip, is your Chip and Dale Rescue. Chip and Dale Rescue yeah. Rangers. That was it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think I watched that show Blathering ever Blathering as a child. Sky. I just wanted to Yay! say it. I'm sorry. Blathering yeah, Blathering Gladstone Gander. <clears throat> Gander Gladstone. I don't remember. Gladstone Gander. No, I was right. Uh, is that the show? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Hooray! Thanks for listening to our curriculum about DuckTales. <laughs> uh, uh, I like that we have so many common touchstones for our childhoods, even though our childhoods are a full ten years apart in total. Sure. Yeah. Yep. I think that that's uh, very interesting and probably likely due to, like, I would say maybe by the end of uh your your what you would consider the earliest of your childhood louisa like home video and reruns and stuff like that were the way media was being delivered yeah that's the thing there was less to watch then so if there was a show for kids then everyone from age like five to twelve would be watching it exactly and then in addition to that like just by 
well, I guess by the early 90s even, uh, just they're like, yeah, you can buy a videotape and it has all the friggin' kids movie or TV show on it. So you could just have the kid, the kid could just watch that over and over and over. You're putting on your New York voice like this is a guy on a street corner. He's like, yeah, you can buy this video. It's got all kinds hey, of stuff here. Get that's what, <laughs> walking here. That's what a VHS distributor sounds like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you I'd want like the to kid think... to watch the friggin' Lion King a hundred times? Uh. I'd like to take full credit for this working because I'm the bridge between your two childhoods. Yeah, that is probably uh, why it works. <clears throat> yep. So I'm really making it happen. I think a live action I'm turning forty in a week. Yeah. So fuck, man. <laughs> fuck. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. <laughs> oh, he's panicking. Shut it down. <laughs> Uh, something, somebody came into my office to shut me down. Oh no, they're dragging me away, etc. Yeah, you're on the uh, you're joke, joke, joke. Is that like, what Jeff said earlier? Yeah. <laughs> the boys are back in town. Now we play it. Hard cut to playing the boys oh. are back in town. <laughs> that would be a good ending. <laughs> That's what I'm doing now. Uh, yeah, you need, to, you need to put it in, but still have us talking over it. It's playing right now. No, I'm cutting it off at just the last... <laughs> Four minutes of the podcast is the boys are back in town. Oh, no outro. I'm gonna die. That's good. It's actually good, and I love it because I'm always complaining about how there's no reason for us to plug our social media when no one gives a shit. Oh my so god! We just didn't do it this time. Yep. That's such a good bit. Oh, it's extremely good. Oh man! I'm putting it in my notes. One an hour and forty minutes. The boys are back in town. No outro. Uh, the best part about this is that we finally got you to put that song at the end of the episode. <laughs> yes! We didn't even ask you one time. I was thinking as we were doing it, like, the third time, I was like, oh, I should say the joke about put that song at the end of the episode. But then I was like, we've gone so long talking about this song, it's actually funnier if we don't yes. do the thing. Yeah, we that is, I was thinking that too. That is going to be a really good joke, that you didn't ask me to do it, and I did it voluntarily. <laughs> Johnny's face 
Man, we just fell about the place If that chick don't wanna know, forget her God, now do I have to put all this after the song? Crap. Oh, I think you might, just for the sake of... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, is it fun to listen to people pat themselves on the back for the great uh, joke they did? I know we point. do that all the time, but is it fun to listen yeah, to Yeah, these friggin' perverts love it. <laughs>